everybody welcome to another episode of that gd show um as usual i'm genevieve hi everybody um dave is usually here we knew that he wouldn't be here because he was initially going to be traveling um the travel plans that he had were canceled um and unfortunately yesterday uh his partner bevan lost her mother so i'm very happy that we still plan for this contingency i am so happy to introduce my guest co-host filling in for him mr captain dadpool and our guest natty nat how are you guys doing hello i'm doing good i'm doing pretty well Awesome. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Natty Nat and Captain have their own podcast, Nerds and Heresy. Um, and I'm super excited to have you guys on here, um, even though the circumstances right now are are not great. And I just want to give all of my love to Dave and Bevan. Um, everybody give their love as well in the chat. They're, they're amazing people. And even though Dave and I both more so Dave, talk about death and dying quite a lot. Um, doesn't mean that it doesn't suck. So we're well, still losing a loved one. That's it's it's hard no matter yeah. what. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um but yeah, um I'm so excited to have you guys here because uh, you know, Captain and I, like we we've we've hung out. We're we're pals, this is my friend. Uh Nat, we just sort of recently met. Yep. Um so for Anybody who somehow doesn't know who you guys are, uh, why don't you both tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in talking about the things that you talk about? I'm going to let Cap take this because uh, <laughs> I, I quite literally, as as you you've said, uh, I ride his 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 flag. <laughs> you've, you've earned it. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm most known on TikTok. I started. Uh, making content about deconstruction and atheism and sharing uh, what I've learned. And uh, one second. Kids. Sorry, I have four kids behind me, so I'm going to have to be quick on the mute button when they start getting loud. Um, but yeah, I uh, I do content about deconstructing and all that. Um, started a YouTube show, uh, Nerds and Heresy, as you mentioned. Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought now. Um, but yeah. I just make TikToks for fun and people enjoy them. And that makes me happy. Weird, right? And, and for some reason, it. yeah. And for some reason, over a quarter of a million people love him. So I, I'm, just, I'm about, I don't I'm about understand to, that. Yeah, I'm about to pass three, 390. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're... it keeps going up. I'm like, <laughs> will, you, will you stop already? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And, you know, love. It's, it's funny, too, because, uh, Kevin, you 
started your TikTok much like I did, um, mm -hmm. just for, for shits and giggles. Um, yep. But unlike me, you have a theology degree and really know what you're talking about. And your content is so informative. Um, <laughs> so, you know, how weird has that been um, seeing how TikTok has just sort of taken off and now you've got this show and all these followers and people recognize you? Um, is it still super crazy and bizarre that this? Oh, yeah, it's, it's still absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, because, you know, yeah, a year, like I started TikTok last November. Um, and I started making, like, the, my first few videos were just like skits or little reactions or things. Uh, and then I made one video stitching someone who's like, for those of you who left the faith, what caused you uh, to leave the church? And the first thing I said was I was a very de a devout Christian for 15 years until I got my bachelor's degree in biblical theology. And um, that's what I, what I didn't know then that I know now is when you make a video, you want to grab your audience's attention like right off the bat or they're not going to stick around. So that phrase uh, apparently made everybody stick around and that video went viral. And I woke up the next morning and they had gained like 50 something thousand followers. And I looked at, uh, you know, Rachel, my now wife. And I was like, um, babe, I think, I think I did an internet. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. There's this 99 down here. I've caught the yeah. disease. <laughs> I did a thing. Um, and it's gone up and I got a bunch of questions and I was like, I know the answer to these. I can start answering these questions. And um, then I start getting, you know, DMs of people talking about how uh, much I've helped them with their deconverting. Because I I didn't know the deconstruction community was a thing at the time. I had no idea that there were so many people who are going through what I went through. Um, so, yeah, I just and now, now I have people recognize me in public and ask to have my picture taken with them, which is super weird. Uh, I'm just a guy that makes TikToks, but uh, people see me some kind of celebrity and uh, that's weird. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because um, I've—I mean, I've had a somewhat similar situation or experience, um, even though I don't—I don't even have ten thousand followers. Um, but it's so crazy how this app that I thought was basically like Vine 2.0 uh, for kids uh, has brought all of these new experiences and friends and this whole sort of community that was totally, totally unexpected. Um, that's been really, really cool. Um, yeah, now you got all these other people who are starting their own shows. Um, you know, Jagazus and Red Sage and um, Mother of Dogs or Queen of Heathens now uh, started their own show. Um, you know, Jeff is out there doing all kinds of stuff. We got you know the, the the Tang community, and so just, it's like, well, it's it's exploding. Like it's not just growing. Like this shit is exploding, and it's really cool uh, to be a part of. Yeah, and I mean, you guys even had like a what was that a newspaper article written about you guys a few like yeah. months ago yeah it featured pretty much all of you guys yeah the, yeah they uh someone made an article and i didn't i didn't have any knowledge about it she just published like a general thing and then she like contacted us like i'd like to do like a like an over the phone interview and, and write like a follow-up article and i was like yeah sure so yeah there's articles about like the, the deconstruction community and like they highlighted how i talk about um, the, what the Bible actually teaches about hell, as opposed to what we're traditionally grown uh, raised to believe about it. Um, and that is a big thing that a lot of people have been surprised by and found helpful. Um, so yeah, she, she wrote, wrote an article about it. Yeah. It's, weird. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all weird. I mean, the internet is crazy. Um, it has its pros and it has its cons. Um, um, and, and, 
in fact, one of the cons that we've really seen in the past five years has been how ridiculously fast misinformation and pseudoscience and conspiracy theories take off. And even if, I mean, I, I have family members that, you know, for all intents and purposes seemed totally intelligent and rational, normal people. And then in the last five years, um, it's like this, this Facebook PhD sleuthing has turned them into like brainwashed monsters. Um, you know, Natty, you're a, uh, like, so you're a scientist, a, a geo archaeologist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a geologist that works with archaeologists and I focus in soil. So that technically dots the term geoarchaeology. Yeah. <laughs> which is super, super cool. My favorite game when I was a kid was definitely my Magic School Bus game about rocks. Um, highly recommended for everybody. Um, I don't think I even knew there was a game about that with Magic. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh really my gosh. Intrigued. Yeah, dude. Now um, I have to go look this up. <laughs> you do. Yeah. I, I was, you know, born and raised on Miss Frizzle. Um, and they had this whole series of games about like dinosaurs and and about like ocean life and so you could like get in the school bus and go into the ocean they had one that was all about geology and that was my favorite one That's um cool. i did not know that i'm yeah. gonna have to look this up yeah um and also i i'm recommending this but i haven't played since i was seven so if it sucks uh don't come for me guys uh <laughs> no it's it's, it just, was, it's it was 21 years there's, ago there's some uh that there's something out there like i i i mean I just picked up rocks a lot as a kid and mom would do laundry and she'd be like, are we keeping this one? Like, yes. <laughs> it would just, you know, fall out of my pocket. You're clunking randomly in the laundry machine. Just, you know, weird things. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, when I was playing that game and getting obsessed with rocks, I thought that I was the most clever child for saying I was starting a quartz collection. Um, and I just went to my neighbor's driveway and I was like, Eureka, I found it. And it, it if you can't tell, their entire driveway was just quartz. And I thought it was the funniest thing to make it seem so special. Um, and also really quickly, we are a call-in show. So if anybody out there wants to ask us about anything under the sun uh we've got a geoarchaeologist who can tell you all about rocks totally rocks you can ask i can talk about, about cultures too so if you have any questions about uh uh back uh previous cultures and previous history of of, of peoples um and at least lately it's been specifically biblical peoples i can talk about a lot of a lot of that so yeah it just depends and 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 also you know Cat, when I think of you, I always think of that that scene from Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson goes to Home Depot and somebody asks if he needs I help. Know more than you. I know more than you. Um, <laughs> if you're a Christian, you want to talk the Bible, I guarantee you, Cap knows more than you. But we'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a call. The phone number is right there in the name of the show. Um, yeah, in fact, actually, as, as I say that, it looks like we do have a call. Um, from Gordon uh, from California. His his hobby is taking Mormons to breakfast. He's an atheist, lonely after COVID, and they don't leave. Um, <laughs> uh, I We've talked to Gordon about this. I'm very curious to see um, what he has to say this week. So, California. Yep. Hey, Gordon, you're on the air. What is going on, man? Oh, wow, that was fast. Yeah, I'm wondering why it is that uh, Christians wear 
crucifixes, crosses. Uh, there's nothing in the Bible that says that you're supposed to wear something that shows that you're following Jesus. And I'm just wondering, is this to uh, protect them from evil spirits or show their moral superiority over the rest of us or uh, conversation starter? What, what's, what's the point behind that? You know that one, Cap? I don't know the history of it uh, per se, um, but I know it uh, often was used as an identifier uh, to identify you um, as a, not being part of a, a pagan group. Um, and I think it evolved from there um, to it became like the rosary in the Orthodox Church. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure of the, de the details in the history of that. Nowadays, it's just like an idea. Yeah, it's, it's a part of their identity. I did it. I wore a cross all the time. Uh, when I became atheist, I stopped wearing it. I felt weird because I didn't have anything around my neck. So now I wear a Mjolnir. Uh, but yeah. No, it's from what I understand and from I only really can go back to the Roman, the Holy Roman Catholic Church from the very beginning uh, is it was a status symbol for the longest time to have metal of any sort as an adornment rather than as a tool. Uh, so starting off as having a cross would have been a status symbol. You not only were a member of said religion, but you were also a high member of society in that. And that replication tends to be, um, you know, it, it tends to occur in society when those like it's like wearing Nikes. Like, you know, rich people have Jordans. Now we want Jordans. Like it goes on and on like that. It's uh, or, uh, it's just a status symbol. It's um it was a fad for the longest time. And the Roman Catholic church actually ended up writing it into a lot of ritualistic stuff with demonology and, and various, um, you know, witch hunts and, and all that. But, you know, it's, it's all eh, it's a big hodgepodge. That's, that's the best I can give you. It's, it started as status and it moved on from there to rumor, to myth, to, legend as to what like suddenly yeah so like having the the silver cross suddenly that like wards off vampires and 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 werewolves and things like that so it's it's became protectionable and it's you know it's just it, it's evolved in time from a, a simple a simple identifier to and a practice like a, a regular practice that's done today um although i will say I find it very interesting of all the symbols they could choose. They chose the most morbid symbol that they could figure out with the Bible, which is literally a man hanging from a cross, <laughs> bleeding to death to be like, ah, oh, yes, we are. We are saints. We are, we are kind to everyone here. Witness the death of our savior. <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you don't see big fans of, you know, Marie Antoinette wearing a guillotine around their neck. Um, right. It's the, yeah. And I, I always thought that was bizarre, but I can only imagine from the perspective of a Christian, it's that, um, you know, that that wasn't the be all end all of Christ. Even this torture device couldn't keep him, you know, at bay. Um yeah, I I don't I don't know the the specific origins of that, but I think at the same time, when it comes to symbols and and you know symbolism, the original intentions aren't really the most important thing. It, you know, symbolism evolves over time. It means something different to everybody. Um, I'm sure that 
you know, nowadays, it, it really depends on the individual. Um, and it might just be just that it's a, it's an identifier. It's a way to show your faith. Um, yeah, I think they could have picked a better one. And now I'm just kind of brainstorming, like what, what else could I they have used? Like a triangle would have been great, but you know, Illuminati's got that now, so we can't really do much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, they used yeah. to use the uh, the ichthys, you know, the Jesus fish they see in the back yeah, of the mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they would, you know, back when they were they were persecuted, um, they would uh, they would talk to somebody, they would like start kicking around in the sand, and they would draw like half of the ichthys, and then if the other person recognized that, they could complete it and draw the other half, and oh. now it's safe to talk about Jesus and organize um, a place to meet up. What what church that you know church back then uh what they go to because that was illegal you weren't supposed to uh you, you didn't have freedom of assembly like we do uh today you had to get uh permission from the roman government because if you were meeting in secret then you must be conspiring against rome so that's why uh those were hunted down so they want to be like hey are you cool if you, you want to come over here but don't tell anybody about it <laughs> yeah so yeah. that was the first uh symbol for christians was the ichthys yeah, I, I think uh, I think our call with Gordon actually got dropped, but thanks oh, no. for the question, Gordon. Yeah, that's uh, a good question. Yeah, that is a good one. Um, actually, I actually did write it down, so I'm probably going to research that later to really know the <laughs> the whole point. Yeah, um, and you know another thing too, because uh, Kathy mentioned that you've got you know your Mjolnir now um, around your neck. Um, you deconstructed surprisingly recently. Um, yeah, probably three years ago. Yeah, I uh, I recently connected with somebody on TikTok, of course, uh, who who is really, really, really struggling with the deconstruction process. Like he, you know, was raised in the church. He's in his forties now, and after you know, shit has hit the fan in his life, left and right, he's realizing that he doesn't believe anymore, and it's it's like you know, the world is just pulled out from underneath you and you're just falling into this, you know, un- unknowable abyss of what comes next and where do the, do the pieces lie? Um, yeah, I actually had to, um, uh, somewhere around a hundred and something thousand followers. Uh, I got, my DMs were open to everybody and I just got tons of people like tell it like, Trauma dumping is a term I recently learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's and they, they would just send just dissertations. I I mean dozens and dozens of them every day. Um, and I you know, I was just like I, I can't. It was such a strain on my mental health because I was trying to read them all and respond to them all and answer any questions. And it just it took us so much time. So I had to like disable my DMs, which made me sad. But it was very necessary for my own mental health. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are going through what you know what I've gone through, what you've gone through. Uh, that need need help, uh, and I'm glad to give it when I can. But I, I can't always give it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure you never said this when you were a Christian, but you can't save everybody. Um, yeah. More, I mean, more importantly, it is so important to have those boundaries and to to recognize that you, you know, when you have as many followers and as many people that look up to you, you know, I can imagine that it was really difficult to say i'm sorry i can't listen to you but yeah trauma dumping is very very real um, I, the 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 more uh, diligent ones will find that uh my dms are open on my instagram and well 
Well, now you just put it out there, man. Was okay uh, on my Instagram and my Twitter, so I still get like a few of those a day. Well, that's uh, if Instagram is actually working right now. Yeah, that's what was joking. Uh, but that's and I, I do respond to those, and those are much more manageable. Yeah, yeah. I uh, in, in this case that I'm thinking of, um, I I've never had my my DMs open to everybody. Um, it's just my mutuals. Um, but this was somebody who I saw I saw a video that he had made. It just showed up on my for you page, and I could just see like how how much pain he was in. And so I reached out myself. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard. I think that, you know, cause I, I'm a lifelong atheist. I never had to go through any painful deconstruction. And I think when I was, when I was younger, I would laugh about it. Like I would laugh about the concept of people who were Christians or believed in God, like, oh, they're all dumb. Like, how can you believe that there's like this magic God in the sky? You, you know, you, you ding dongs. Um, and it was only really in my adulthood, like when I moved to the Bible Belt, that I understood that no, this this means a lot to people. This is something that isn't real to me, but it's very real to them. And losing it is really, really painful. And I think that I, I guess I wish that more lifelong atheists understood how much pain new non-believers are in, or how much pain, you know. Christians will be in if they realize that perhaps what they knew about the Bible or they thought they knew wasn't really true. Um, and I do hope that more ex-Christians um, reach out and, and talk about that that grief that you get from losing these beliefs. Um, and, and now they are, which is, you know, has been really, really nice to see. I, I'm sure that, you know, you sharing your story has been huge for people. Um, we do actually, it looks like we have a Christian caller. We actually have quite a few calls. Um, oh, let's, okay. let's oh, man. Talk, yeah. Let's bring this will be, Yeah, this will be a fun one for you. Uh, this is Chad He Him from Wyoming. He believes that the basis for morals can only come through supernatural origins. So... This is a dad pool thing. Yeah. Hello, uh, Chad. Are you there, buddy? Hello. How, how's everyone doing on this fine Monday evening? Oh, okay. yeah, it's a Monday. <laughs> doing lovely. How are you doing, Chad? Oh, it's a Monday. Yes, yes. Oh, so, well. Um, yeah, you believe. I kind of wanted the to start off my argument uh -huh. uh, asking a question, if I could. Sure. Go for it. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, when it comes to the values of basis for uh, well-being and how you treat other people, what principles do you believe, um, just naturally, that you start from? As as just as as pure like moralist, obviously you don't believe in any gods or anything. I'm just asking, what principles you start from? I, I would say the golden rule. I kind of want to open it up with. I think I know. Who's well, what are the principles? What are the basic uh, <laughs> ideas that that drive you? You know, for for me, uh, it's my empathy. It's my experience of of being in pain or 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 being without. And I can see others, and I can recognize that they too uh, feel the same things I do. I've been able to do that since I was a toddler because we are social apes. We have empathy. We we recognize our sense of self, and we recognize 
the self that exists within everybody else and and we take care of each other it's it's sort of an innate um part of being human we we have evolved this is how we've survived for so long it's by taking care of each other it's it's empathy mm-hmm. uh right, why right, right 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 i would say that but what drives you what drives you to care about that empathy what drives you to care about it um i mean you know survival mechanisms <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Evolutionarily, well, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that aren't survival that aren't based on like survival mechanisms. There's bad things that you can do that don't impact your survival, but people still do them because they know that it's morally wrong. Basically, wait, people do, do they do them because they think they're morally wrong, or do they do them because they know that survivably, like they have a chance because our society allows them to? Are are you saying, Chad? Well, they well, they know it's morally wrong, though. They, they they have a basis. They know they have a feeling in their heart when somebody commits an act uh, of evil or something or any kind of bad act. They know in their heart, even if even if they're not facing any kind of uh, consequence from like laws or anything, they know in their heart, I'm doing something wrong. I am doing something immoral. Do they? Because I've I've yeah, said. I would argue that with like an antagonistic, uh, it have, if you've ever had to analyze any villain in any story, and if you've ever like watched people do, the what they're doing, what they think they're doing is right. They believe that what they're doing is right, and that's why they do it. They believe that what they're doing has a, it might have a consequence, but what they're doing and why they're doing it tends to be in their mind correct. So us as outside observers can never tell if someone is morally choosing to be amoral. Yes, but they they act on the basis of uh, not wanting to face a particular punishment. And that is what our society has has created upon is that we criminals for their bad behavior. If we do not punish criminals for their bad, if we don't have any kind of consequence. If we're if you don't fear a consequence for our bad behavior, then what is there's no basis to care about the empathy. Well, if you're not, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't say that. So, uh, okay. So if you're gonna risk something and you believe that it's it's your right to risk this this thing, say say you know it has a bad consequence, but it's not a socially adept consequence. Say it's something like running in front of a train to save a dog. Okay. But your empathy is telling you to save this dog, although survivability is telling you not to because that train's going to hit you. This is this is one of those things where it's like you act on instinct. You don't act on, ah, well, what would be the moral option here? What would we choose in this or like to save a child? Uh, I guess dog wouldn't reply to everyone, but to save a child because that's another human being. So would you run in front of a train that is about to hit the child to save the child? Or would you choose to let the child get hit because it is morally and and survivably uh, a better likelihood for yourself? Well, that varies on a lot of factors. Obviously, I believe people are given free will. And in that instance, they have the decision to make that choice. And that, that can vary. Some people would actually jump in front of the train for the child. See, I would too. But I'm not... I'm not religious. I don't have a reason to jump in front of the train, except that I know that that is the next generation 
and that they have a better chance of changing the world than I do simply because they are younger. Uh, yeah. if, if you if you believe in objective morality, let's, let's even put God aside for now. Let's say yeah. you believe in objective morality. How can you demonstrate what those objective morals are? Because every, every morality is different from culture to culture. We think cannibalism is wrong, but there are other cultures who don't. You know, sacrificing children is wrong. Other cultures don't think it's so bad. They think they're doing it for the right reason. So what, how, how, what is the control group for what is objectively moral? Because there is no consistent demonstration of a singular principle from my perspective. Yeah. And, and on top of that, uh, yeah. on top of that, Chad, uh, I just kind of want to cut to the chase. Like, do number one, do you believe that morality must come from God? And number two, are you insinuating that the only reason why people behave morally and follow the rules is because they don't want to go to hell? Like, if you didn't have this fear of it and a consequence for your actions, would you be as empathetic or as kind or as helpful? as I hope that you are today. Okay, well, well, to answer your first question there, uh, yes, I do believe that morality comes from God. And the second question is, if there was no consequence for my action, well, I mean, no, I would not, no. I feel like the whole consequence in general is what guides Nat's human beings to uh, engage in the right behavior, basically. Are you sure? Because have you ever done something selfless or had a day where you did something kind that had no no purpose to benefit you? Do you know that feeling that you get inside? It's it's a really cool one when when you've just done something good. Being good and acting morally is not always so selfless. It can be selfish because we know that oftentimes doing good things for other people in turn makes yourself feel better. It can be, you can, you can have. It, it, it is, it is. Yeah. And, 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 and is why is that? How that feeling gets driven inside you uh, by force, that feeling, that feeling of uh, accomplishment. I did something. I didn't get rewarded for it. Obviously that's a feeling that many people feel every day, but it's, a, there's a driving force that engages you to feel in that particular way. That's what I'm saying. And, and why, and why do you think it has to be that way? Why don't, why don't you think that this can just be the result of evolving as helpful creatures that rely on one another, that have a society in which we care about one another? The other thing to, to think about when we're talking about the, the evolution of empathy and just evolution as a whole is that it's not about the individual survival. Like what we do, it's not going to be just about your individual survival. It's about the survival of the species as a whole. So just like Nat was saying about helping another child, that is the next generation. You know, it's not it's not as cutthroat um, and and you know and stark as some you know creationists will make you believe. And and actually, you know, I, I'm not. I want to make. I'm not a creation. I'm not a creationist. I'm not. An, I'm not an actual sure. creationist. I don't. I don't deny evolution. Okay. Then let's say I, this then. Yeah. Say our species has been evolving for millions and millions and millions of years, right? We just started believing in a deity or deity uh, five, six thousand years ago. Now that's a little bit longer than that. Um, but our, our morality came long before and it developed long before God. We took God and then attributed whatever morality to that 
but immorality was first, and it's still changing. Morality six thousand years ago is very different than it is today. It's 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 always it's constantly evolving. It's constantly going to. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you okay? No, Chad. Do you do you believe that morality uh, acts in conflict with survive uh, survival instincts? Um, in certain scenarios, yes. Okay. There, that there that relies on many different kind of scenarios. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that can go on there. So you can't really sum that into uh, one question, honestly. It's it, I understand that, uh, but I just I just wanted to know because I'm just sorry, Deadpool bringing up like how six thousand years ago we finally decided that we wanted to start being religious. I guess, uh, but I mean. There is a lot of evidence that other creatures, not just humans, have a form of uh, ritual. I'm not going to say religion, but because it's a repetitive ritual, it's something that we can observe as them having a form of culture. And because of that, that's not that that means that it's not just humans that have moral obligations or religious rights. I mean, crows have funerals. It's proven. Uh, it's proved, witnessed, and observed multiple times. Um, there's a reason why when you only see three or more, it's a murder. I mean, there's there because there's always a dead one around. <laughs> this is really really morbid. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> you know, you bring up a, a great point that I I really want to ask you, Chad. So you think that human morality must be driven by a supernatural force? But what about the behaviors of, take my, take my dogs, for example. You'll probably hear them. I have four. They're wonderful. One of my dogs is, she's really old. She is 16. She's a golden retriever. That's really old for a dog like that. Um, and my younger dog will make sure that she has food available. He will nudge food towards her. He will bring her bones because she's elderly. Um, if, if it seems like she's in pain, he gets very upset. Um, I would consider that to be moral, empathetic behavior. Does that come from God? Is there a dog God? Yes, absolutely. 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 Okay. Dog God? Wait, there's a dog God? The whole purpose is it was taught by a leader. A dog cannot just naturally act like that. I oh, no, I, I do not teach him any of that. And, and yeah, I didn't teach him any of that. And I've had him since he was a puppy. He had one litter mate that he was with for about seven weeks before I got him. Um, you know, he this is his first time living with an elderly dog. I guarantee that this is not an experience that he was taught by his parents or by myself. Um, and you'll you'll also recognize us in the wild with so many other creatures. I'm wondering do you recognize that empathy is not unique to humans, but that we share a lot of these traits with other social creatures? Well, there are many social creatures that don't acknowledge it. Um, there are many animals out in the wildlife that just kill each other and no, they don't no, have but any. It doesn't. That, 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 but, but, Chad, that's not what I'm asking about. I'm not well, asking about the ones that don't. I'm asking about the ones that do. You can't deny that. Yeah, well, you're you're picking the ones that that aren't that were probably based on some kind of uh, supernatural uh, divinity. 
Wait, so they had a leader. They had a leader oh, that taught wait. them. They were and, born and, so did all animals that food. have any species, I'm sorry, any species that has had a Jesus species? Like there had to have been one? Yeah, all the ones that were probably uh, behaved better morally. So are you, are you monotheistic? You know, fish and a Jesus crow and a Jesus. Absolutely. Oh, so... are you a troll? Have you ever actually read the Bible? I like this yeah, I think you've had it going for a while now. Yeah, I to wonder. <laughs> Time to come clean. Come on, let's hear it. Yeah, pretty sure I've talked to this guy on T Jump server. Oh gosh. Well, Chad, it's been lovely. Um, I'm gonna let you go. Nigger, anal, gay, apple, apple, apple. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Wow. You know. I finally understand why trolls grind Matt Dillahunty's gears. Because, <laughs> sorry, Chad. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I think I might have grabbed him. I think he followed because he knew I was gonna be on here. So we. Mm, he's, okay. he's been on a few of our discussions on T Jump server. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Wow. I'm not. I'm not entirely <laughs> wow. mad because I. I hope that out there there are people watching that might be believers and might think that morality does have to come from God. And I hope that even in the midst of all that trolling, they they might maybe maybe they've thought about it from a different perspective. But that was our, that was our second call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have more? Let's <laughs> Oh gosh! Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we have a oh this guy he's been uh he's been on the on hold for quite a while. His name is Tiger. Uh, he him mathematician. Why debate of God has gone on two thousand years? Um, I'm curious for him to elaborate on that. Let me see. If you troll, I'm gonna be real mad. If you're not an actual tiger, I'm gonna be. Real mad. <laughs> It's actually my name. That's my birth name. Really? My dad was a football coach at LSU, so. Oh, yeah. This is totally ridiculous to me because I, I've been an atheist all my life, and my grandfather was a Presbyterian minister. Uh, but I don't see how they get all these different attributes out of God from any of the books, the NIT, the King James, the Marston Bible. I, I'm not seeing it because he's an immoral thug. <laughs> he's like absolutely that's, that's a piece of, you know what? He's a shit. Yeah. You know, um, the other day, uh, you know, Jeff was doing a debate, um, with a guy about slavery and whether God condoned slavery. And what was so fascinating about watching that debate was that, you know, he was talking to a young kid, a young Christian. And when he was bringing up these stories from the old Testament, he had said, you know, this kid had said, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not that familiar with the old Testament. So I agree with you. That, like, the God of the Bible is often very immoral, but if you go to church and, and cap, you can totally attest to this. Um, they don't really talk about those stories. They don't really talk about those verses. They don't really focus on the Old Testament, even though it makes up a majority of the Bible. It's all about all the good things you can read about that awesome bro Jesus in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah just, but even in the New Testament, Jesus <laughs> is a, a dick. He's yeah, a communist. 
When you start reading in Acts, Acts 2, I think it's 44 to 46, he talks about everybody contributes to the community. They take the money and give it to the poor and the needy among them. Okay, which I'm I'm all for communism. Well, actually, I'm all for Marxism. But uh, I don't see... I don't see how they're... You don't have to prove that there's not a square circle. And I've been debating these clowns in their own churches since 1977. You know, I started before Matt Dillahunty was a brutish animal impulse in his great-grandfather's pants crease. So I don't... I've been doing this for years, and the arguments haven't gotten any better. They're actually, it's the same thing. And they're not hitting the main point, which is, does a God exist, period? What evidence do we have? And it's, it's clear. There is none. Well, I mean, it, Tiger, it's all... <laughs> well, Tiger that's, that's why you have faith. It's like, it's like the sign in the church around the corner. Yeah. Uh, faith, faith is evidence of those, not, those things not seen. No, it, yeah, things unseen. It's Hebrews yeah. 10. Or the Hebrews one where someone tells me that there's air and you can't see it, but we know it's there, and that's the argument for God, I, I lose all respect yeah, for that. Yeah, but the thing is, I can, I can measure air. There are ways to measure oxygen and hydrogen yeah. in the air. Yeah. But we with God, you, you're basically, it is subjective. And the, the last caller you had, you know, there's no such thing as objective morality because it's going to be different in every situation for every person. There's a, there's a uh, ballpark you're in, but there isn't objective morality. And if it is number one, is it the morality of that God of the Bible murdering babies? You know, you go to Jose 13, 16, uh, Psalms one thirty seven. Verse nine. There's all these. You know, he he talks about murdering babies. That's real children. Chucks ten thousand children Others. off of the cliff. Others. I think it's it's. I, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. I think they're defending their identity. I think is what it is. They they can't let go. I mean, you know what it is. Them, you know, no matter how illogical it is. You're, you're right. They, yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a uh, an alcoholic's wife. Or an alcoholic's husband, depending on your angle. It's like they're going to defend them to the end, regardless of what they do, because they made that choice, and they don't want to be wrong. I think that's it. But there is no, there, there's no debate. This is what gets me. This is why I quit debating these clowns. There is no debate. And there's some really good Christians out there, just like there's some really a-hole uh, atheists out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've found so many great Christian people, but they're not great because they're Christians. They're great because they're kind and they believe what they have to say. Yeah. Not, not that they, like, they act, yeah, on their they, own, they act on their own belief system, not just saying it, not just mindlessly jabbering. Yeah, and and you, were, you had brought up the point that you do good because I, I always look at it as we're in the same boat and it would only behoove us to help each other. You know, it's, it's basically just getting along. 
it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, if, I think atheists are better people from the standpoint that they do good because they are, that, like you said, they have empathy. They understand that we're all in the same predicament. Whereas Christians do good because they don't want to get caught. And they, they believe that, that it's, that that's what's going on. It's, it's really funny too. If you read in Hebrews again in six, it talks about how once you've become a Christian, you can't do anything wrong because if you do, you're crucifying Christ again. And therefore, if you F up, you're not a Christian. You know, well, so just say, you and, then, and then if they choose to F up, then they just say, I'm sorry. And suddenly everything is washed clean. There's nothing that they could do wrong. Yeah. Yeah. There's and no, I, and, and have you noticed? There's no real punishment. Have you noticed? And especially lately, that the right wing has herded Christianity into this nice little evangelical box that abortion's wrong, which is totally not what's in the Bible. That's, as a matter of fact, the only thing it talks about abortion is it talks about if you punch a woman in the stomach and she loses her baby, I think it's a three-shekel fine in front of the Sanhedrin. Mm-hmm. But they also have a test for an unfaithful wife where you give the woman yeah. dirt and dove blood. Yeah. And if she does, if she aborts the kid, that she was cheating on you. Five eleven thirty one. That's a classic. Yeah, I mean, I you know, Tiger, I can understand why you've stopped and why you know I can see your frustrations. But then I also remember, um, you know, speaking of you know, Captain, your experience. Remember, uh, I remember you talking about one of the one of the things that really started this journey for you was watching William Lane Craig debate Christopher Hitchens. Yeah, getting so excited to say like, oh yeah, William Lane Craig is gonna crush this guy. And then yeah, it's like, oh, Hitchens was my was my favorite atheist as a Christian. I was yeah. like, I fucking love this guy. And then I was like, his his arguments are making a lot of sense. I just never had that kind of exposure until I, you know, I, in college I got into apologetics, um, and I started watching these debates. And I, I'd never been, you know, other than uh, what little bit I knew about Richard Dawkins, but then I heard Chris Hitchens speak, and I was like, this this is new. No one's no one's ever told no no one said this to me before. Um. So yeah, I think it's just. Uh, but you were you were open to it. You were open to that change. Yeah, a lot yeah. of these guys are never going to be open to that change. They're not. Yeah. Well, and it's also the community they're, they're around. They refuse to be around anyone who's not in the belief system that they are. So that, that's only. Yeah, and they process. can meet my friends Dunning and Kruger. You know, we can have a beer. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, Hey, oh man, Tiger, you are you are great. I hope you keep hanging out and watching the show. Um, I do want to talk to some Thea, so I am going to let you go. But thank you so much for coming. No, I, I agree. I, having okay. atheists on the show is boring as shit. You know no, what I mean? Not when they're you. Come on there and grill you, are, you guys are, you know, I, the I, thing I, I hate about these shows is you guys are so kind to them. <laughs> You're so kind to them. I mean, so there's sometimes they just need a smackdown. You know what? I I don't have that. I don't have a mean bone in my body. I'm going to be completely honest to you. I don't. I can do both. He yeah no he's he's, he's my he's my my mean bone. 
Well, <laughs> well you're not wrong. Well, you're having a really good show. I enjoy the program. Thank you for oh, talking to me. Yeah, thank you so much, Tiger. You are great. I hope you have a wonderful night. Okay. Bye. You too, dog. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I like him. Yeah. He's I good do people. He's fun. Still sad he wasn't a literal, a literal tiger, but. You know. oh, That's okay. Sure. That's okay. Still didn't disappoint. No. Yeah. You know, it's it's been it's been really strange for me because um, you know I've I've talked about this in other episodes, uh, but this whole world of evangelical Christianity or biblical literalism it was something that was so so new to me. Um, you know, I gosh, I moved to the Bible Belt in uh, early 2016, I believe. Um, and, and before that, I, you know, I lived in San Francisco. I lived, you know, in a super secular place where nobody, nobody would dare speak ill of queerness or homosexuality. And, and the churches that we did have had rainbow flags and, and it was kind Christians. Um, you know, it was so strange to move to a small town in the Bible Belt and realize that a vast majority of people that I met literally believed that the earth is 6,000 years old and that Adam and Eve were the first two people and that Jesus died for your sins. And if that, if you, if you do bad, then you will burn in hell for eternity. Um, you know, it's a long freaking time. (laughs) Yeah. That is a a ridiculous amount of time for like one lifetime of, of bad things. I mean, I, there are some people that, you know, you just, you feel like you should curse it upon them, but my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a little insensitive. Even the idea of eternal paradise scares me. That is true. Right? That is not like never ending. Like, Ever. Yeah. No, no, thanks. Just get rid of me. T- take me out. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think we've all had a fair share of trolls on our, our platforms that were, or people that'll tell you, like, you know, repent or burn forever. Um, I don't I really like want to. I don't. I don't really want to hang out with those guys for eternity. Like, if if that's if that's who's going to be there, like, no, thank you. But, you know, at at the same time, though, uh, like Tiger was saying, like I, I also don't really have a mean bone in my body. And when I'm talking about this stuff, and when I'm making content, you know, I'm remembering that I, you know, I'm I'm talking about my friends. I'm talking about my family. I'm talking about. You know, it's not just oh, these people are crazy. It's like no, no. This is we live in America. That's that's a vast like a, a lot of people who live here have those beliefs, and they're not bad or evil or stupid people at all. Um, and for a lot of you know atheists like yourself, uh, Dad Pool, like you know that was once you. I don't think that you would say that you were an idiot when you were a believer, and I don't think that not believing has made you any smarter. You know, it's just it's just different. <laughs> Well, not a dig at your intelligence. Well, even as a new Christian, I never yeah. believed a, a literal interpretation of like Gen. Like I knew that was poet poetry. I couldn't articulate, but I was like, no, there's no way this literally happened. And like I loved science, you know, when I was from when I was little. I was like, yeah. So I, I never took that shit literally. So it does baffle me how people will be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, does it? How? Mm-hmm. Doesn't? You're long, You're wrong. Um, I I was asking somebody the other day about Noah's flood and how it was possible for the koalas and the kangaroos and the emus and the penguins to all get to the ark, you know, in the Middle East and then also get back to 
to their respective continents. Um, I asked him, I was like, just, just really think about that. Just, just sit and really think about what that would look like. And they just said, you know, all things are possible through God. No. And that's just, you know, it made me so sad. Um, to see such a cop out, but uh, yeah, see, no, I, I have a lot of reasons why, why the flood is not a uh, legitimate thing. Yeah. And I, you know, as a geoarchaeologist, I am so excited to talk to you about that. But first, I do want to take this call. Yeah, she has been it. on the line for a little bit. This is Angelina. Uh, she is from Florida and says that faith has helped us discover many amazing things about life and society that we couldn't get without it. Hmm. Mm -hmm. All righty. Angelina, are you there? Talk Hello? Homosexuals, molest children, talk oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Goodbye. Yeah. I was I'm excited for a moment. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. Sounded like an old lady. Yeah. I yeah. I, know, I, I thought it was a I thought it was a teenager, but maybe that's maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry guys. Usually our our, uh, our call screeners do a really good job at, at getting these folk. It's not them, it's definitely people pretending to be They're legitimate and then just that's okay. Fine. We don't have to take your calls anyway. Um and and you know, now uh let's just get back to what we were talking about. Please, sure. Natty Nat. Talk about the flood. Okay. Uh, I guess the first thing we can talk about is all the reasons why it doesn't make sense. Um, just the, just, I mean, just concepts, like conceptually, not, not even going into the facts of what we have, but just conceptually. And I, I kind of touched on this last night, uh, which is my favorite one, which is the water argument. So if we had a worldwide flood, uh, first off, the uh, uh, salinity of oceans would would decrease because of the amount of water that would have to uh, get in, saturate, and then rise um, the entire oceans. But we'd also be flooding the freshwater fish out of their ecosystem, right? Okay, keep that in mind. Uh, how how is it that we still have freshwater fish alive today? If the entire world, or how is it that we have even freshwater lakes? <laughs> Uh, when the entire world was sal uh, was uh, uh, covered with salt water at some point in time, and if you and if you try to say, oh no, maybe it wasn't salt water, well then vice versa. How is it that the oceans have have fish that uh, only survive in salt water and and don't survive in in uh, fresh water? Like how how is this possible? It's called macroevolution. Nat, look it up. Oh right, okay, yeah. So we can get into that in a second if you really want to. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you know that's that's what I'll hear from you know the the creationists that I know that do believe in like a literal flood. They'll say, "Well, I believe in microevolution, but nobody's ever observed macroevolution." They have this whole idea that macroevolution is it literally macroevolution, just a smaller know. scale. It's the same. It's, it's the, the same. Same. It's like same. saying I believe in stairs, but not staircases. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite. Yeah, that's, that's, no, it's, it's accurate. It's I believe I believe in the seed, but not the tree. Like, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. It's just like, uh, yeah. So, okay. Um, have you ever had like a childhood home or someplace where you planted a tree and you left for a really long amount of time and you came back and the tree's huge and you're like, whoa, this tree is huge now, but you didn't see it grow, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we don't have to see evolution to know what's happening. Yeah. Well, one might say, 
Well, I planted an orange tree. It's not like I came home to an apple tree 20 years later. So but that's take, not how that works. Take that, evolutionist. I'm that's, being, that's not how that works, though. Cause... I know. I'm, I'm being <laughs> totally facetious. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's beyond it. Um, yeah, it's... God, Joan, the flooding was one thing. No, the, the koalas and pandas... Um, I had someone try and stump me. They said during the flood, during those 44 days, God was rearranging the continents. They were at one point Pangea, and then the flood happened, and then it spread out because as the waters receded, it pushed certain grounds and into different locations. And I was like, ooh, that's clever because then they're, they're completely discounting geology as a whole because they're saying, yes, it happened all underwater at the same time. But if it did happen all underwater at the same time, we wouldn't have evidence of eruptions happening and ash flowing to certain areas where it doesn't There's that happened within that, uh, within the 10,000 year to the 6,000 year to the 4,000 year timeline, which we have evidence mm -hmm. for. Um, I can bring it up. I, I don't really memorize which volcano. I don't memorize which volcanoes erupt in what order, but uh, <laughs> I can talk to a volcanologist. They probably know, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's things like that. Cause that's an air drift. That's, that's air currents and air drifts. And they're like, Oh yeah, well you find ash at the bottom of some oceans. I'm like, right. But not others. Right. If it yeah. was a worldwide flood and any eruptions happened, it should be fairly evenly spread out and settled. So uh, there's yeah. that. <laughs> I, I am so happy that we're talking about this while we take our next call, who is not going to scream obscenities at us. Um, this is a call from Dave. Dave, who I'm not too sure. Uh, he what? wants to know the age of the, let's see, age of the earth question, not 6,000 years old. Hmm. I wonder who this could be. I Dave? don't know. Dave. Hey Dave. Hey there, big fan of Big fan of the show, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> you know, that's that's not a hey. lie. <laughs> um, it is. I'm a first-time caller. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No. Technically, so, it's fine. Technically. <laughs> so, so seriously, um, I want to I want to flash back to me 20 years ago as a as a fundamentalist Christian evangelical. Um, literalists believe the Bible is true. It's literally the word of God. And so having to navigate the disconnect between that world and then what science is telling us about the age of the earth and evolution, I, I think I think I made peace with that conflict by, by saying, you guys, how can you trust the dating methods, uh, the, the carbon dating and things like that? You know, you guys are just making this stuff up. And and I would say I would think things like, well, they found a couple of bones and they put a whole dinosaur together from a couple of random bones, just like they do with the stars. They make a whole constellation, a whole crab or a scorpion out of a couple of stars, and it's not really there. It's just some random stars, and they connect them. So, Natty, Nat, talk to me about how that 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 evangelical fundamentalist literalist. How do, how do we reach them? How do you reach them with the truth of science and how how the world really works? It's not because the Bible, if you go through the genealogy, the Bible is telling us that it's roughly 6000 years old. You got Ken Ham forming a whole ministry around that nonsense. Mm -hmm. Ken Ham. Oh, he's he's about to become his own so, dog. I swear. Um, no. So. 
I guess the easiest way to get through to them is to just break it into bite-sized pieces and see how long you can get them to sit there and listen until they start actually questioning their own. But I thought, but, but my pastor said, and things like that. Like as soon as I start hearing that, then I know I'm on the right track and I can start actually analyzing right. it from there. Uh, it, an example of this would be I, uh, the family that I used to homeschool the girls uh, when I finally left uh, not a month later, when I left, I gave them a geology for dummies book because they wouldn't let me talk about geology when I was there because a lot of it did not correspond to their young earth uh, creationism belief system. And when I left, I get getting emails like, these are the questions we have. We've been reading this at night and, and you said that this is a legit book. And like, how is this reply to the, to the Bible? And like, why isn't this working out the same way? And I was like, well, I mean, you can, and this is the thing is like, you can still keep your faith if you want to. I, I'm not going to encourage you to like get rid of faith, but what I will encourage you to do is open your eyes to the science around you and not blindly accept things that you're told. Uh, that is one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone says something and they don't look it up to check um, or uh, mm -hmm. have a good source to work with. So as far as deconverting people, that's not something that's not like my go go to. It's uh, more giving people a better idea of the real science behind the pseudoscience. Uh, there's a Lost World Museum on TikTok is my, I don't want to say arch nemesis, but he's definitely a pain. Yeah. <laughs> he's, I'm familiar. He's there. So you talk to them about uh, dating methods and how the, how you can tell how old rocks are, how old whatever is that. Well, that gets into some deep science. I, I mean, if you guys want to sit down and talk about radioactivity, we can we can start talking about radioactivity. Um, this is actually almost getting beyond what what I would uh, say. I'm I'm like have have a understanding of or not understanding. Of, uh, this is beyond mm -hmm. what I practice on a day to day basis. But I guess what we can talk about mm -hmm. is uranium dating or just uh, some what they like to use is carbon dating. And one of my favorite things is when they say, hey, we found fossilized material and we carbon dated it. Well, I'm going to tell you two things right now. One, you cannot carbon date a fossil because two, a fossil no longer has carbon. That is how that works. Organic matter decomposes and leaves the body, which causes a separation and a replacement with another mineral, normally calcite or uh, uh, or or you can get silica or, I mean, you get this opalized material, which is really cool, which is um, a, a, a water-based material. You can get iron. You can get all sorts of these different minerals. But you can't carbon-base something that's a rock. And that's something that is constantly said in, uh, uh, in creationist uh, uh, arguments. There's like, oh, yes, we, we carbon-dated this fossil. And I'm like, well, you didn't do it right then because you – didn't get any and they're like yeah and they came look it was inconclusive well of course it's inconclusive you didn't give them any carbon to work with uh and what carbon you probably did was was from your own fingertips putting it into the sample because it might have been uh, contaminated so if you get something that's modern it's a contaminated sample if you get something that is inconclusive it's because the, the 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 sample wasn't uh contaminated and uh it still has no carbon um, but what we measure is the half-life of, of radioactive material. And that half-life is, okay, this is going to get into some chemistry, and I'm, I am out of practice on this. 
so the half-life of material uh, depends on the material itself. It depends on the element itself. So like uranium has, I'm not going to say a number until I know for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I forget the half life of uranium, but I know that it's a really long freaking time. It's the longest carbon, one. We, yeah, we know that carbon is what, like five thousand years. Fourteen. Fourteen. Oh, 14, oh. Years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And then you can get um, argon dating, which I believe goes up to thirty-six thousand years. I, I don't have any of this memorized. I haven't dealt mm -hmm. with it in like seven years. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I, I I have in front of me. Um, the half-life of uranium-238 is about 4.5 billion years. Yes. Uranium-235, about 700 million years. Which, those are talking about the different isotopes that you have mm -hmm. within them. So as uh, as as a radioactive carbon or a radioactive uh, element decays, it loses electrons. So as it loses electrons, you end up with a different isotope, which an isotope is just a, a, a mineral or a... Uh, it's it's the element with a certain number of electrons. As those electrons get lost, it loses radioactive uh, half-life, and that half-life continues to age. And you can basically, you can take any mineral or any element and, and radioactive decay it or have the half-life go all the way down to bismuth, which is the most neutral uh, element there is. So which is really uh, cool. all the things you guys are talking about are, are science. So how do you... How do you deal with someone who just rejects science out of hand, who who says all the stuff you're talking about, I can't trust that because it it I mean, honestly, and and Captain, you, you probably deal with this as much as anyone any, any of us here with the, all the followers on TikTok. But do you think there's any way you can you can have a rational conversation with a an evangelical Christian or a fundamentalist? who just rejects the truth of science. I, I don't know if I can have a rational conversation with them without knowing to what extent they don't trust science. So normally I will just fire back. What is, what's the most scientific thing you believe and just see where they land. If they say they believe in vaccinations, great. Start with that. Uh, if they say that they believe that, uh, that, I don't know, um, they understand that combustion in cars works, but it's because it's a man-made device. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about combustion as like a natural setting or a natural, uh, uh, a natural mm -hmm. uh, element or, or what might happen mm -hmm. uh, in nature. And we can just talk about that. I'm like, do you believe in gravity? It's like, well, yeah. Okay, we can start from the basics. We can go way back. <laughs> we just have to see where, at what point, because if they say don't, they don't believe in science, I'll be like, okay, then why aren't you floating? Well, I think Why are you they, they believe in science. I mean, they obviously trust the science of their cell phone, for instance. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and the science behind that. But 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 when it comes to things like the aging of the earth, I, I think what the issue is when it, when it comes to science that contradicts what they believe the Bible says, because that was the contradict that was the conflict I had mm -hmm. trying to make sense of the scientific world around me and what I I, I knew that experts were learning and saying. And then trying to to fit that in somehow to what what the Bible says. That's where the that's where the real struggle is. Yeah. So, and, yeah. Sometimes it goes beyond that though. Like there, there are flat earthers out there. Uh, people that who gets hard. To, that gets really to hard. To... Bigfoot. Like I think some people get a certain thrill out of uh, having some sort of fringe idea that mm -hmm. most people don't have. Like conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Um, and. 
You know, it and that you know, there I, are I atheists too. Are, are like I, that I was too. not trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to. I'm trying to reach out to those people who were me 20 years ago, um, uh, where they're they're not getting. I, I wasn't thrilled about trying to de- debunk science or to conflict with science. I was trying to make it all fit together, and, mm-hmm. and it was a real struggle. Yeah, and I so, think there are a lot of people that stuck there. Yeah, I know. Um... You know, you're thinking back to where you were 20 years ago, and I, just a few months ago, was having a conversation about this with, like, a, an evangelical friend of mine who is, is so sweet and so dear and so, you know, I, I love her so much. But when I was asking her why she didn't totally believe in evolution or the Big Bang, um, and I was shocked, you know, this is what really started my my foray into talking about science in layman's terms and talking about evangelical Christianity um, when I spoke to her about it, she said, oh, I, I believe in science. I just need to compare it to what the Bible says. I don't reject science. Right. I only reject it once it starts to contradict the Bible. And so there's nothing, I don't think there's really anything that you can say about the science specifically that could change somebody's mind. You do need to go into just the, you know, the epistemology of why do they believe that the Bible must be true? Mm-hmm. How do, if we have overwhelming evidence that you cannot deny that some things in the Bible are not literal, um, I, then why so, do you think that? So when, when I was teaching these kids, uh, <laughs> I must reach these children. Um, so when I was, <laughs> when I was working with this family, uh, they're Pentecostal. So just to give you an idea of where, where their backgrounds were, uh, I I had to teach them science. That was part of their curriculum. That's part of the Texas school curriculum. You have to go through at least a, a science, if not two or three. And they were going through the Abeka books, which is a Christian-based system. Mm. Of, uh, oh, my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like how Dave's just like having an aneurysm on the other side. He's <laughs> like, no, yeah, my head just so, exploded. Yeah. Well, I was skimming through the science, like the evolution side of, of the science and everything. And they were going into some serious detail and they were actually teaching some decent science, which I was surprised about. And then when we got to the evolution side, it, it did just like discredit Dawkins as much as possible. And, and Wallace and uh, a bunch of others. But I ended up saying, you know what, let's let's read an article for this chapter. Well, let's not it's on the book. Let's do it this way. And we talked about the understanding. And I had the parents sit with me because this was a topic that they did not want me preaching about uh, incorrectly to their kids. So I talked to them about how a day in biblical times or at least within the, uh, the, the in the beginning it could be a few thousand, few hundred, few million years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found a way to reach around because they didn't read the Bible. I mean, they did, but they didn't read the Bible. Right. So there's a lot of things in there that I just remembered knowing when I I read pieces and parts. Because I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't read the whole Bible, but I don't I didn't need to at the point in time deconstructed. However, I was able to use their own understanding of the Bible against them because I was able to 
uh, create this boundary in which they believe, oh, well, that makes sense. So, um, cause like, they're like, well, yeah, Noah lived to be like 500 years old. And I was like, well, so you see, but like, you know, people don't live that long really, but God made him that way for a long time. So because he was trying to figure things out and they're like, well, doesn't he make everything perfect the first time around? I'm like, well, the flood happened. Right. And they're just like, yeah. And I was just like, like, I didn't exactly teach the flood didn't happen because that would be it was, completely- it was perfect till the fall of man. <laughs> the fall of man caused it to not be perfect. That's what, it's what we thought. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, yeah, I, so- I'll let you go. I, I want to take any more of your time. You guys are great. Keep it up. Love the show. Like and subscribe, people. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Love you, Dave. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. No, I, I do feel bad that I used to kind of just completely lie about it, but I had to get I had to get through to them in some way. And in order to do that, I had to meet them on their level. And that's that's why I'm not great when it comes to like debating, because I, I want to see where I am on their level. And then I'll talk to them on their level until they can, I can get them up to my level. And then we can and not to say like I'm at, just like scientific knowledge wise, like mm-hmm. try and get them up to up to par. So that we can actually discuss things. Um, yeah. yeah, and I th- I think also you know the benefit of of doing that is you know so so often I feel like in in our community um, or you know in the atheist community we can we can debate just for the sake of debating, whereas when it comes to things like science denial, like there there are very real consequences um, for a lot of science denial. I mean, look at yeah. where we are with vaccines and this pandemic and people who don't believe that masks work and people who think that you're going to get a microchip if you get this vaccine or say that, it oh, it hasn't been tested. And, you know, there, there's so many real world consequences to not trusting scientists that I don't, when I, when I talk about science, I'm not trying to like own somebody or like win a debate. I'm trying to get them to concede or or be more curious about at least something that is that I think will be in their minds though arguably in their own minds though it's because we're trying to push this so hard Mm -hmm. believe that there is an ulterior motive to it so you have to meet them on their level I mean you have and if you don't you're going to you're going to just have them walk away being like oh my god i can't believe i i talked to this person who's just just doesn't believe in god and and is obviously sinning like she's Mm going to go to hell this is this is ridiculous she's part of the illuminati and and all the uh, the crazy crazy kooks and and apparently the cdc no longer counts as an actual scientific source which is ridiculous um (laughs) i think if you take the you approach it as an educator which is what i try to do on my channel yeah. Uh, just be in indifferent towards it. Like this. This is the data. Like, mm-hmm. t- take it or leave it. I have no agenda here. I don't care yeah. whether you convert or not. Like, I, I I'll encourage you, but I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you. Let's put it this way. I'm not gonna sit there and fight you about it. And I'm definitely not gonna um, attack you. Well, sometimes, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think. You know, it's I, I I don't consider myself in the business of, of deconverting people, you know, for for the reasons, you know, stated before. They you know faith is really important to a lot of people. I just hope that people can no matter where they land, um, that they can just think more critically um, because that is a skill that is so important for traversing so many different aspects of life critical thinking is not taught in schools though nowadays it's all listen learn listen learn listen repeat listen learn listen repeat and Mm -hmm. that's 
And, and I mean, let's say that there's going to be a critical thinking, but it's not. It's it really isn't. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's rough out there. I, I'm honestly happy that Facebook has been down for a few hours because maybe there's a few people who are being saved from going further down various rabbit holes. Maybe. Um, be nice. <laughs> be nice. I, I know that uh, I've got some anti-vax family members that are probably losing their shit right now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, know. you know, we, we're getting towards the end of the show right now. Um, we've got a, a, a strong cutoff um, and a little bit early, but I was just wondering if you guys had any any pluggables. You can put them out there. Uh, Where can people find you? I'm Natty Nat. I'm on TikTok as Natty and on Instagram as Natty Nat. Or actually, I think I'm Nat for Geo on, on Instagram. But uh, – the link's in my bio on TikTok. So yeah, that's it's my name. It's what I do. Yeah. Uh, I I hang out with Captain Deadpool, and occasionally I hang out with Archeo Wolf, if <clears throat> if you know who he is. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Those are those are my buds, man. <laughs> I I'm on here for funsies, and I kind of got roped. I got roped into this <laughs> because there was a certain somebody. Snatch you Somebody up. wanted me as co-host, and I said. Sure. And then I didn't realize it was a permanent gig and now I'm here. <laughs> yep. Stuck now. Oh, yeah. It was only supposed to be temporary and it, it evolved into <laughs> you know, a more permanent position. Um, but well, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that you are truly a treat so i'm i'm happy that that you've 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 ridden these coattails to here i i i empathize with you i you know it's it's funny being here without dave i feel like i'm without my safety blanket that's how i feel <laughs> right well, kind of i i to an extent i'm i'm also i'm well known for like taking on challenges that i probably shouldn't uh I, I'm, I'm thinking of the Genesis uh, thing that I, I did at the Iowa State Fair. I probably should have had Captain Dadpool with me for that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, um, yeah, it's, I really appreciate being on, on the show. That was, it's a lot of fun. It's, I don't know, I've never done a call-in show, so it's always interesting to see what comes up. We have, for the record, we have never gotten this many trolls. I don't know what's going on tonight. It's me. Fuck you guys. Not you. I'm talking to the trolls, not not you. Facebook was down. They had to go somewhere. Yeah, you know, that is it. That is totally it. Um, And then, Captain, uh, you are far more famous than, than, you know, the two of us on screen. But in case people don't know, where where can they find you? Uh, Yeah, I'm Captain Dadpool86 on TikTok. Uh, We also have a YouTube show. Um, There's my link. I think my link tree has been posted a few times. Thank you, Secular. yeah, we have a YouTube show, Nerds and Heresy. We have a guest on uh, every week, usually a um, you know someone from TikTok or you know elsewhere. We've had Aaron Raw on, we've had Shannon Q, um, we've had Dave. Uh, so uh, last night we had Black Atheist Rants on, and uh, um, Tyler Rich on. We talked about atheism in the Black community. So we 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 bring a guest in and we discuss a topic of their choosing. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy doing that. I also have a Discord. Uh, I'm not on there as much as I should be. Um, and I have a Twitter and Instagram. All all the links are in his thing thing and his all thing the, thing. Yep, all the mm-hmm. thing thing. They're all all things. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, I think that uh that people can find both of your your beacons in my link tree in the description of of this video. Cool. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and. 
thank you guys so much for for being here it's always such a treat it's super fun um everybody who is watching um thank you for being here and, and watching watching what we got going on um i hope that you like and subscribe and all of that jazz and also dave warnock is an amazing person i'm so sorry that you missed him this week um but he does have a patreon and it does cost money to do this show and he you know it, it would be so helpful if you went over there and uh, showed him some love. Um, I'm so happy that I get to do this show. It feels like such an honor. You guys are great. I want to thank the mods and our producer and everybody. And yeah, I hope you guys have, have a wonderful night. That is our show. Um, we'll see y'all later.